We're not experts, much less competent. This podcast is friends bullshitting about conspiracies. And also confirming absolutely nothing about it. But we keep each other in check by deep frying each other's topic. Consider yourself warned. Because whatever mankind must undertake... No, the f- The governor! That's they the f- f- did it, that Bravo! Crazy- Free men must fully share. Stop f***ing lying! God f***ing damn it! I'm getting pissed out. We propose to accelerate the development... They have human-animal hybrids! Much larger than any now being developed. You have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis. Until certain which is superior. Oh. Oh. You're a nasty bitch that no one likes. We know we're under attack! Bitch. No! I mean, okay. you saw the... Dude. And you offer her cocaine again. No government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Do you understand that? Welcome <laughs> to Deep Fried Conspiracies. Jimmy? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I am great. How are you? Well, considering today's topic is something I don't want to talk about, I want to end the podcast here. So, Is it about your taxes? Goodbye. What? what no, no, no. I'm just kidding. What are we talking about today? What's the matter? So, uh, before we get to, into the topic, I have to go around the horn here. So, I've already mentioned you. Sully, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> what are you in the seventh <laughs> ring of hell? <laughs> Darth Vader is yes. here in the house. <laughs> say it. I am your father. Just say it. Luke, I am your father. That's perfect. That is really good. All right. <laughs> Bravissimo. Bravissimo. And, and as, you, as you can hear, we also have a special guest Who with us today. His name is Matt Olson. He comes to us from the podcast known as This Week in MTG. For those of you that don't know, MTG stands for Magic the Gathering. Matt, tell us a little about yourself. Hello. My name is Matt. I am a giant nerd. I love the card game Magic the Gathering enough to wear uh, Rob's who was on the podcast before, had this week in MTG and bequeathed it onto me, and I've been doing it since then. He queefed it on you? Stop. Stop he... it. Stop it now. Yes. Stop it now. <laughs> Stop it now. Matt, I don't want to say came to me because you already had that conversation last time, uh, approached me and said, Stop hey, I got a... gross. And said, hey, I have a topic to bring up. So, Matt, go ahead and hit us with that topic. Okay, so this is, like, not one that you're going to see online that people know about. This is something that my wife and I, we have talked about because we it, it all stems from horror movies, but it also involves music. So, everybody knows of Dolores O'Riordan, O'Riordan. I'm bad at pronouncing names, but she's the uh, lead singer of The Cranberries. Sorry, stop. She was the lead singer of... The was the lead singer as so, everybody remembers so before you back... go on before you go any further jimmy yes give us a little history about dolores or whatever the hell her name is dolores whatever the hell her name is yes dolores, she was an irish musician singer and songwriter she's best known as a lead vocalist and lyricist for the alternative rock band the cranberries she had one of the most recognizable female voices in rock of the 1990s she was known for her lilting mezzo-soprano voice signature yodel which always turned me on and interesting use of keening <laughs> I don't know what keening means. And strong limerick accent. With the cranberry, she's regarded to have written some of the most sen- seminal songs in music history. So she has been around for a lot of years, and she passed away in January of 2018. And her one of her most noted songs was Zombies. Zombies it was. Yes. So anyway. Matt, <coughs> her only noted song. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt, continue. Okay. Uh, Dolores was supposed to... Oh, hold on. Before that. The, the most... 
now currently known version of zombies was done by a band called Bad Wolves. Yeah. This uh, this is why I don't want to talk about it because Bad Wolves is my favorite all-time band. And you don't and listen to music, do you? I, I you do get out more. very much. <laughs> this is my favorite of all time. And you can all piss off. Go ahead. You don't want anything for your birthday? You can Another piss CD. off. Piss Another off. CD. One more. So what, I can have one? Well, now you'll have two. Oh, yeah. You can give me one for one. I'll give you one. Go ahead, Matt. So, uh, Bad Wolves. They came out with the song, Zombies. And uh, I don't know if it got as much press as it probably did, but uh, those that didn't know, uh, Dolores was supposed to be giving vocals on the cover of zombies that bad wolves did and so uh she died just before the supposed recording and stuff that she was going to be doing she was like in new york if i remember and she was going to do recording and stuff for the bad wolf for bad wolves and that stuff comes out but then she passed away and the conspiracy that is with this is headcanon that again my my wife and i we talked about because it kind of like involves music and horror movies, is that the Bad Wolves, the band, managed to sacrifice Dolores so that way they could get fame. Hold on, Jimmy. You have you have the look. What's what's the look? Sweet. Sweet? Yeah. Is that all I have to do is just sacrifice someone and not get famous in music? Apparently. Or if you're making a deal with the devil, let's do it. Well, apparently. <laughs> That's the only thing you have to say <sighs> is sweet. That's it. Well done. Uh, not, not how you so, like your eggs. <laughs> That's it. I've never heard that before, but it makes total sense. Sully, what do you think about that? I want to get your intake first. Well, I mean, uh, Bad Wolves is a garbage band, and uh, it seems like something garbage band would do. Hold on now. Wait a second here. Hold on. Garbage band my ass. Okay. How many hits have they had? Many. Especially the new one they just put out. Learn to Walk Again. It's a hit? Yes. So the billboards? Yep. Top 100. Top 100 on what? Rock Metal? Alternative? Number 71. That's weird. (laughs) <laughs> See, I deal with music all the time, and I've never heard of it. It's tough. <laughs> Zombies was their biggest. Zombies was their biggest song. I mean, it's just like that's that's true honesty. And the only reason why it was big is because the cranberries. And being a person that has literally worked in music for fifteen years of my life, Bad Wolves just kind of sounds like a generic band to me zombies for context their cover of zombies on spotify their numbers are 214 million and 400 thousand compared to their next song their number two song which is killing me slowly their newest one if i'm not mistaken of 43 million Boom. 40, there are 34, 34 million 34 million compared to 214 million zombies is clearly the song that they're known for of course yeah how many how many uh listens did the cranberries have with with the original uh according to spotify i'm just kind of curious because i felt that it was better done the second time around 567 million nine hundred and forty eight thousand so almost five hundred and sixty eight million listens holy crap but how many years has that been out what year did that song come out 96 if i'm not mistaken well you you can count it as 96 but you got to think of when spotify came out itself so spotify is not going to record you know listens from before it was created great that is very true yeah but they did get quite uh, a few years on on the other band. Yeah, because uh, Bad Wolves was found in 2017. And that's one of the things that brings this conspiracy theory, again, that my wife and I, we talked about to light, is Bad Wolves were a non- uh, a non-big band. Um, it was formed by a bunch of, or mainly Tommy Vex, the the lead singer, whose birth name is Thomas Cummings, <clears throat> who, who was Hi. in like, yes. 
he wasn't in a lot of like well-known bands. Uh, his associated acts were Snot, Divine Hennessy, and Westfield Ma- Massacre. Nobody knows about that until Bad Wolves came around in 2018 with their cover of Zombie. So now you're asking is like, what gives this weird connection between Bad Wolves managed to sacrifice Dolores to become famous? The thing that made us think about this was the movie Jennifer's Body. Now, Jimmy, yes. go ahead and give us a little insight on Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body is a 2009 American comedy horror film written by well, Diablo Comedy Cody. horror? Comedy horror film? Horror? Comedy, comedy horror, horror film? F*** you all. <laughs> I'm going nah, to start over now so he can edit. Jennifer's Body... I just cut the hold on, hold on. Before you do that... ...is really f- hot. She's got f- titties. F- what? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. <laughs> Oh, this is not up there, is it? <laughs> no. Go. If speak. You if you don't quit yelling at me, speak. I'm going to leave. I just told you to speak. Woof. And put your whip down. So Jennifer's <laughs> Body, f- nuts, is a 2009 American comedy horror film written by Diablo Cody and directed by Karen Kusama. The film stars Megan Fox, and we all like her, Amanda Seyfried, pooping her butt. Jo- <laughs> Johnny Simmons and Adam Brody. Fox portrays a demonically possessed high school girl, and we probably all met her at one time or another, who kills her male classmates with her best friend striving to stop her. The film premiered in the 2009 Toronto International Film Festival and was released in the United States and Canada in September of 2009. The title is a reference to the song of the same name by alternative rock band Hole on their album Live Through This as a tie-in to the film Boom! Studios produced a Jennifer's Body graphic novel released in August 2009. So how can you go wrong having Courtney Love also, you know, part of this? That's tough. Oh, she's a psycho. Matt? Is that a conspiracy theory for another day? No, she's just that's just a known fact, man. So if if you actually watch the movie, uh, Jennifer gets Megan Fox. Sure, whatever you want to call her gets uh, Megan Fox played Jennifer. Same difference. Gets yeah. sacrificed so that way the band in I would movie impale I'd impale her. <laughs> So the band in this movie can get famous. Yes. So now the connection we make from that is Dolores, or whatever the fuck her name is, got sacrificed on her way to record zombies. And then what happened with that zombie song from Bad Wolves? Boom. Exploded. Exploded. Everybody has at least heard it at least once by now. It's the most famous song from them, as Sully so graciously pointed out earlier. Dolores O'Riordan was brought up on like all the major news networks when she passed away. Uh, NPR, New York Times, Washington Post, like everybody loves the fact that the Cranberry, like the Cranberries was a song that people like loved. And so like again, kind of getting revitalized, people were excited to know that that was going to be a thing. But it's sad that, you know, she passed away before she could do the recording because um, I don't know the full extent of how it came to be where Dolores agreed to do the, the cover with Bad Wolves to put the vocals in. We never got that chance because she perished before she, she passed away before. And um, yeah, and the, the thing with her her passing is is very suspicious because it's like oh sacrifice you know a person would have to come and like slaughter her but she didn't get slaughtered uh according to articles and stuff her passing was caused by an overdose or not an overdose uh alcohol intoxication while having a quote-unquote therapeutic amount of uh uh, drugs sedative drugs in in her prescription drugs in her jimmy you've had a You've had a few of those, haven't you? Therapeutic amounts at one time. Not as much as Whitney Houston, but yeah, I've had some. (laughs) Not as much. Oh, got it. What really pulls this into question is the fact, according to the Cranberry bandmates, uh, Mark, I think was one of the... one of the other uh, lead people in the Cranberries. Oh, 
should have had this one pulled up. But uh, like she, there was multiple cases. She was talking with her bandmates and her um, manager, talking about how she's excited for what they're doing. They were getting uh, the Cranberries itself as a band was getting ready to get uh, to have a new album made because that was one of the things. Like when she was going to record for Bad Wolves, uh, they were also she was also going to be in the studio to start recording for new Cranberries material. And so uh, this was uh, a, a couple days before all that was going on. It was like she was excited. She was very glad that all this stuff was coming for her and then she has a, a with that alcohol intoxication she drowned in a bathtub because she was intoxicated and had that quote-unquote therapeutic amount of prescription drugs in her and so the, the thing that brings into question is like what are the chances that bad wolves were able to sacrifice her in that manner by giving her over intoxication for someone who was excited for what was coming up in her future to pass away in a bathtub like that that was a whole thing and then like again jennifer's body <laughs> is uh, the band low shoulder shoulder in the in the movie sacrificed Jennifer Megan Fox so that way they could become famous no one heard of bad wolves before zombies came out Dolores passed and they became famous so you have anything you want to add uh, I mean <laughs> doesn't sound like it <laughs> I mean is this- uh, so I'm trying to kind of like gather the thoughts on it because it's it's not unheard of in in so, like in the for- rock metal yeah in the rock metal area it's it's not one of those things that I think it was like Tony Iommi was an awful guitarist. And then he sold his soul to the devil and became a great guitarist. I don't remember if it's him or if it's an, another one, but I remember that they said that he went to, you know, the, the crossroads in what Georgia and sold his soul to the devil. So he could become a great gu- guitarist, which he came back to be a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, so it's like one of those things that you don't, it's not something that you don't not hear about. It's, it's, kind of surrounded rock music for as long as rock music's been a thing. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Robert Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Robert Blues Johnson. Player. Yes, so Robert Johnson. Um, it's not, hold on, it's not unheard of to kill somebody to make yourself better. Is that what you're trying to say, Sully? Or make it's not unheard of to make sacrifices that you wouldn't typically make. Now, now, what are you talking about in sacrifices? Are we actually talking about killing somebody for the for the greater good, or are you just talking about kicking someone out of the band just because they're playing notes wrong? No, it's it, he didn't get kicked out of the band. He came back and became like, he was a phenomenal guitarist. Well, no, I yeah. know. Um, but you're talking sacrifices. kind of sacrifice well, talking here. I mean, I, well, I mean, in the interest well, of that, Some people was... would consider giving your soul over to the devil the ultimate sacrifice, right? Yeah. So it's not unheard of to hear of in rock music of a satanic area and for me i guess it would be i would list it as a satanic area for you to sacrifice a human to become you know famous now right if if we're gonna talk about like some kind of like a trail like okay they sacrifice themselves or they sacrifice somebody would it be not in someone's conscience to dedicate a few songs to that person the only reason I'm bringing that up is because if you actually look at the songs by Bad Wolves, after Zombies, when this is recorded, awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. after Zombies, if you look at it, you have the, the next one be Remember When. So Remember When could be something that, you know, remembering that they killed her become famous, quote unquote, maybe not, not sure. Killing Me Slowly, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> cast judgment. That's a yikes. I don't, I don't want to cast brother. judgment. Um, uh, Hear Me Now, maybe, you know, last thing they heard, I don't know, some, no, that could be just whatever i'll be there yeah eventually the, the slow drowning of her is the last thing they heard yeah. i'll be there you know well something where they could you know we'll see you again kind of a thing like the whole paul walker with uh wiz khalifa song you know whatever that one was uh toast to the ghost i mean that one to me sounds very self-explanatory better off this way i mean better the devil back in the day i 
Heaven's so heartless. Okay, like I said, me, I like Bad Wolves. Um, we can see that Sully has a great disdain for them. Jimmy, I don't know your intake on that. You can say whatever you want here in a second. That's but, just, uh, they're just generic. So was most bands are just generic. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. It doesn't matter. I can like whatever the f*** I feel like. Um, yeah, I mean, you can like them. But anyway. Everybody's entitled to but, their wrong opinion. <laughs> their wrong opinion's my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, if... If we're talking about sacrificing someone to the something for the some reason, I don't know if you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know if you wouldn't just dedicate a good portion of your songs in the remembrance of that person. I mean, I just gave you a few of the many songs they have. R- uh, run for your life, right there. Run for your life. Come on. I I don't want to cast out because I love the band, but these 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 have a huge coincidence here. Well, you know the. Uh... Dolores had had uh, bouts of depression, and that was part of the reason she was on some of these medications and whatnot. Uh, yeah, she was just getting ready to go into the uh, studio. So what a great thing to let somebody else record her last big song that she's already ran through the ringer to get more airplay for her new stuff. I mean, people don't realize that Dolly Parton, she wrote I Will Always Love You, which is Whitney Houston's always you know biggest hit ever. And Dolly Parton goes uh, on Johnny Carson not that many years after... Whitney Houston had made it one of the biggest hits in the world. And she goes, you know, I taken it everywhere that I could go with that song. Because, I mean, she recorded that song back in the 60s and uh, maybe early 70s. And she had already made all the money she could. Well, after she gave it to Whitney Houston, I, I want to say she made somewhere in the tune of like $150 million more off that song after Whitney Houston uh, did it. Um, a lot of people are familiar with Twisted Sister, the 80s rock band, Dee Snyder. He wrote one of the biggest Christmas hits for Celine Dion. And their house is called, and they have a beautiful house. I've seen pictures of it. The house that St. Celine built. Because he made more money off that one Christmas song that Celine Dion made huge here a few years ago than he's made on his own stuff with Twisted Sister. So, I mean, I see these bands selling out. I mean, you know, after you've made so much money off of one song, if you can get it to another band and they can take it to another height, it's just more money in her pocket. And that would just be a great intro to her new music. So I can see it happening that uh, she would definitely, you know, want to be part of that. And so you think that she had a future plan, you know, so she was not planning her own death way, it sounded to me. So if you're going to talk about planning your own death, okay, I want to bring up some of the songs by The Cranberries. The Cranberries, because it's not just Cranberries, it's The Cranberries. So if we're going to go through a few of their songs, okay, obviously you have the most famous one, Zombies. Everybody had probably heard that one by now. But if we're going to go into ones that may have foreshadowed her death, um, Dreams, you know, the title of dream, the song titled Dreams. It could just be something, you know, had a dream that I might die for some reason. People have dreams that they're going to be dead. And how they die, maybe I not know. Uh, just my imagination, hallucinating about maybe she could have died in for some reason of some sort. Uh, I can't be with you because if you had a dream that you're going to die, you're probably going to close yourself off from the world. Wake me when it's over. You know, they always say, you know, if you die, you wake up. If, if you believe in an afterlife, if you die, you'll wake up, obviously, in the afterlife. Tomorrow, you know, tomorrow could be the so-called, you know, afterlife as well. So I'm not, I don't want to throw, you know, songs are, are something that are foreshadowed, but just the whole, you know, maybe not the cranberry side, but on the bad wolf side, it sure. just seems way too, too dedicated to the, to the whole thing. That's it would just- be really hard for like to think about it, like the Cranberries, Dolores, if she had any like insight that this was going to happen of an unknown band in the future, like that seems like a little far stretched. Like well, one of her songs is this is the songs, day, but I mean, bad wolves that's, this for is the sure. Day by the Cranberries. That, that, that can't be the thing. 
you know, keep going. Uh, but, but yeah, with ba- with Bad Wolves themselves having songs that eh, I guess like can like hint to something. I don't know like the context of these songs. Bad Wolves, like I know them because uh, they had a couple good bangers in their 2018 uh, album Disobey. But it was really Zombies that got me that that made me think of them and stuff so it's like i don't know the context maybe there's like different meanings and stuff when it comes to those songs but um one thing if it comes to like if they are having these song names to like remember what Dolores like giving like when they you know sacrificed dolores it's like serial killers they always have like some sort of trophy like that's that's the that's the trope of like serial kills but that's like a serial killer i don't know if that like well, sticks Jimmy, you were you were like, like in a past life aren't you i am now what's your trophies my trophy yeah man all right don't want to know anymore anyway i got Use condoms and sadness i got a jar full of <laughs> sadness and, and cut off fingers <laughs> I'm sorry I asked that question, everybody. Go ahead, Matt. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it comes to that. And again, the, it, it was just crazy how like it, everything like falls in a weird coincidence of bad wolves not being a thing coming to fame because of zombies, primarily because of Dolores passing away and passed away in a, a very suspicious manner. You know, again, um, with uh, with Jimmy saying that there's a good chance that she was coming on a crap ton of money revitalizing her, their old song and her herself was talking about uh with her her bandmates there's no like interviews and stuff before her passing but she was talking with the bandmates and her managers according to online uh that she was excited for the upcoming cranberry stuff that they were going to be doing and you know to anybody that's just one of those things it's like if they're excited for this it's not it's, it's, you, you don't really well, Jimmy, foresee you're a cranberry fan aren't you yeah okay did you ever go see them at all no, they they never played anywhere uh, close to us. I think Chicago is the closest place they've they've been to us, or they maybe they hit Minneapolis, but never had a chance to see them. Okay, well, but I mean, my my favorite uh, uh, song was always "Linger" yep. with, with the Cranberries yep. and stuff, yep. which was a big radio hit. That's a stuff. huge radio hit. Yeah, and and so uh, never got a chance to, to see uh, to see that. But uh, you know, I have seen a couple of acts that have been uh, dead in, in several weeks. We went and saw Tom Petty, and he passed away six weeks after we saw him. Um, we saw one. Um, we saw Great White just before the hundred people got killed. Um, we're actually, I want to say, friends, but we're. We know Jack Russell from Great White very well. Um, he was the lead singer of Great White when they when that poor uh, pyrotechnic um, went up in that club and killed a hundred people and stuff. And he's he, he is totally um, screwed up mentally still to this day and uh, going through therapy and whatnot and stuff. So I mean, a lot of these bands just attract tragedy. Unfortunately, I mean, if you if you don't believe that, look at poor Leonard Skinner. Oh, could those 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 poor tragedies? Could those just be failed slash successful attempts to do those certain things? To, you know, sacrifice people into gaining the things the the spotlight that they want. I mean, it, it could go back to the whole plebis, uh, publicity bullshit, or any publicity is good publicity, whether it's good or bad, stuff like that. You know, oh, we had a big tragedy. You know, killed hundreds of people while we were playing at the strip club near whatever. Yeah, it's still publicity for the band. So even though you sacrificed, you know, a few dozen people over a hundred, yeah, a few dozen. Yeah, uh, you still got publicity off of that. Now more people know who you are that they're probably going to check you out. So it, it it could be something. Well, look at look at Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Elvis Presley, Michael He's Jackson. Still alive? They all are, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they've all made more money since they've passed. I mean, I was it, isn't he still? Uh, isn't Michael Jackson still making money? Yeah, I mean, his estate is yeah, he, yeah. His his estate is making huge money. Well, that's what I meant. But you know, people when they see some some of their idol and they see him pass, um, and that puts them up on a whole different pedestal. I mean, 
let's let's look at it this way: if if Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin were still alive today, they both died at the age of twenty six. They would still be. They would be seven. Huh. The 20, 27 the, actually the 27 that's club the, that's the 27 27 club, club. oh my god i'm glad you talked about it. i love that shit so much yeah so it's the 27 club you, and, you fangirl so much matt and uh, i can't help it and and who who else is in that club um uh chris farley jim morrison uh kurt cobain um uh, let's let's pull it up here real quick. chris farley uh, i think amy Whitehouse john, is also one john of them Belushi, too. i believe yeah i i, I was wrong it was, it was the 27 club but if, if those people i'm serious if, if jimmy hendrix was alive today you probably could see him at your local casino i mean the beach boys were so huge back in the day and they're playing all our local casinos still at the age of in the 70s oh matt matt is losing his shit what's wrong robert johnson was also passed away at 27 and he's the blues musician that was part of the crossroads demon deal in the beginning you know he he, he was like a nothing guitarist was at the crossroads sold his soul to the devil and became an amazing guitarist and he had like songs and stuff that were talking about uh demon dogs following him or like the devil following him and he he also passed away at 27 he's like the uh the the, the starting point of the 27 club now now real quick explain the georgia thing at the crossroads i've heard this many times but i'm not that familiar uh so the whole story it really stems behind uh robert johnson uh blues guitarist back in uh he passed away in 1938 but his landmark was between 1936 and 1937 Uh, this is off of wikipedia he displayed a combination of singing guitar skills songwriting talents and has influenced generations uh he was a traveling performer mostly played on street corners and yeah he he was like a nobody and the whole thing is like he became a somebody uh those most closely associated with his life said that he sold his soul to the devil at a local crossroads to achieve musical success yeah he went away for a few months and came back and was the most amazing player that anybody had ever seen i mean he, he was well, no, yes. hold on solely uh obviously seeing your background seeing the many guitarists you have behind uh question to you then is is it uncommon well it'd be very uncommon uh is it possible to leave for a few months and come back and just be a very outstanding guitarist for the i guess what'd you say 1937 1936 there's no internet 36 and 37 hardly any i mean no there is there is no internet but okay so you have to look at like the skill frame for those time periods so the 30s the even the late 30s early 40s is is different than the skill frame that you find now um there's a lot of stuff that backs now playing compared to what packs old days playing so it's like taking looking at johnny cash right looking at johnny cash and then looking at uh papa roach there's two different skill types there those are huge it's also gaps. two different genres of music johnny cash was considered rock Mm-hmm. Back yes. in the day, I suppose that is considered rock. Yeah. So you have to look at like the how music has evolved one, and you have to also look at how the skills have evolved too. So it so, depends okay, what so you back, would consider phenomenal. Okay, so back then, what was the music style like? Back there, they're probably doing the blues. I would assume. So it would uh, it be would it be kind of like bluegrass kind of stuff. No, no, no. It wasn't bluegrass. It was like actual blues, blues. and stuff. Um, you know, like okay, Vivaldi, so Claire, it, not Vivaldi. So if you're gonna um, talk about blues, okay. That's but not nets, necess- well. That's not necessarily uh, big difficult. band is the big thing. That's not necessarily ska. Ska, all ska, yeah. But if you're talking yeah. blues, it's not necessarily difficult to learn to play the blues. I mean, you pick up a guitar and play some blues, man. You got going on those like I, I don't know the actual like notes and frames, but they're in different key signatures. The blues and the beats that you got 
going on with him. It's uh, it's this whole thing. Like a couple months from a guy taking a break off. Yeah, a person who dedicates their, their life and time to doing something like that. Good chance. But the fact that it happened so quick, definitely. The blues is... Uh... The blues is one of those things that I don't, I don't, I don't feel like the blues was something that you played. The blues is something that you felt. It took a lot of work to actually have passion behind. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're a, you know, at that time a mediocre player, but you have a passion for it, you can easily come up. And not not easily. Okay, let me don't don't take that as easily. But if you have a passion to play the blues, all it takes is your imagination because you can uh, mediocre, mediocrely play. So once you actually have the song, just playing it should just come naturally. I, I mean, we're from Minnesota, and supposedly when Prince was young and he was being punished by his abusive stepdad, I think it was, or father, um, you know, he was said to have learned four instruments during the summer because he never came out of his room. But he's a musical freaking genius, you know? Yeah. But, but Prince is an absolute... Prince is an absolute musical genius for someone to go for I, I, as my standpoint on it, as you know, uh, what people would consider a professional musician. I wouldn't consider myself a professional guitarist, but as a person who's, you know, a lot of my life has been dedicated to doing music and working with people on music. You don't, a couple months isn't enough time to, to get that feeling. You may get like you, so you may get a feeling like if you're playing blues, right? You're playing blues, great blues players, BB King, one of my favorites, right? I was just about to mention him here. I, Thank you. For yeah, I had, I've got a, I've got a story about BB King. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. You don't, I mean, you can, you can get a story for a blues song, in two to three months, yeah. But are you going to come back and play it at a, a phenomenal level? Probably this, not. With blues, you got to learn scaling. Yeah, you got to learn scaling. You got to learn, uh, you know, uh, harmonics that he may use. You have to use uh, areas of understanding what chords are where. What kind of chords is he using? Is he using minors? Is he using majors? Does he know that information? There's a lot of stuff that goes into like playing the blues. It's one of the one of the best. In my opinion, one of the best genres that's ever come from a guitar because so much is inspired by blues players, rock. straight up. Blues is the base of rock because you have yeah. people like Chuck Berry, who has grown up on blues as well, becoming a rock legend. Yeah, I would say a rock okay. legend. I don't so, know. Like, so let's talk about one one that some people may know, Eric Clapton. Yes. All right. Eric Phenomenal. Clapton has Jimmy, so many blues roots. It's Jimmy has a story so. here. Go ahead. So real quick. Um, I got to meet B.B. King, and I got to sit back and watch him play because my brother, his ex-wife now, but um, she is related to Johnny Lang. Kid Johnny Lang started out in Fargo, North Dakota, then went to Minneapolis, and Johnny Lang is a phenomenal blues player. Uh, I've known him since he was 12 years old. Blues player? Phenomenal blues player. (laughs) And anyway, I, I saw Johnny Lang two times in a week, and he opened up for B.B. King in Minneapolis, and we went down there the night before uh that night to go see johnny play i went with my brother and his wife my wife and i went and uh we got to go backstage and hang out with johnny and bb king was he was warming up and back and to see him play and just the distortion on his face and his fingers flying through the keyboard and i I said to johnny i said so does he warm warm up with the every you know the same thing every night he goes "He, he never plays the same thing twice ever and johnny lang is buddies with keith richards from the rolling stones oh shit and Keith Richards knew that Johnny was from Fargo, North Dakota, and the Rolling Stones were playing in Fargo, and they asked him to open up. So he had to ask B.B. King to get, because he was he was under contract to open up for B.B. King, and he goes, yeah, if you can go play in front of your home crowd, then do it. 
And then B.B. King just put on a, a longer show that night because he didn't have an opening act. So we got to see Johnny Lang the second night open up for the Rolling Stones. And even Keith Richards had come out and said, you guys should be so proud of, of, of this guy because nobody plays blues anymore except for the six of us. And I don't know who he meant by the six of us, but I'm sure he had Erie Clapton and a couple other guys in mind. But to actually see them, and like Sully was saying, to feel the music. I mean, they're not they're not playing a song. They are they are jamming to their heart. And just, just to see the phenomenal um, finger work and, and the, the bending of the guitar and stuff up close and personal and being able to, to talk to these guys, you just go, my God, they're playing from the soul. Mm-hmm. From the soul. Yeah, I feel like... At- as a, as a musician, there's one thing that, and, and this is kind of why I run in a lot, uh, that a lot of bands right now are generic, is because there's a difference between playing music and feeling music. Then not a whole lot of musicians feel music anymore. A lot of it's just for that show. Oh, look at me. I'm a rock star. But to find like true passion in music is a rare thing to find these days. Like and Nickelback. that's why a lot of people consider 80s, Nickelback. you know, 80s rock to be one of the best eras of rock that's ever happened. And we'll probably continue to hold that crown for the longest time because it was music that was passionate about music, so, not about, you know. So would you be as passionate enough about music to sacrifice somebody in order to get that power? I can see it happening. It's the whole thing of wanting power and fame. Like, you get a band well, that how, was how, like how, from nothing. Okay, Sully, since you are a musician, would you sacrifice somebody or something to obtain a statu- uh, stature of being known as some some sort of a player of some sort of a genre of music. I'd kill you for a cheeseburger. Well, that's I, I would sacrifice your dead ass <laughs> for wasn't a cheeseburger. I was talking to you. <laughs> I do it for ten dollars. Um, you kidding me? No, I, I I wouldn't. And and the the big reason why is because that's not passion and music. That's passion and egotistic. So now, but well, if we're going so, back on what Bad Wolves is, Bad Wolves definitely yeah. have become just like yeah, out know. of nowhere, yeah. Do I think that they did it? Well, don't don't um, stop, 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 stop. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Hold on. Hold <laughs> that thought. We're gonna get to that later. Still so one of my favorite but, episodes on Saturday Night Live is when is is when the guy performed for Garth Brooks and, and to write him a song, Will Farrell comes up as the devil to produce a song for Garth Brooks. And so this whole philosophy has been around for years and years and years, you know, that you sell your soul to the devil to get yourself, you know, furthered in life. Fame so, and power, yeah. Yeah. I totally see it. So could this it's be a, a, thing, a thing that could this be a thing, uh, some kind of a conspiracy where people in positions of bands or artists, I guess, because that's a thing, um, sacrifice people to or sacrifice things in order to obtain what they have now and the popularity they have now? Like who like Lizzo? Yeah. Who, who the fuck was Lizzo? All of a sudden now he, she, they, whatever they could be want to be on the day of whatever, um, got, I guess, popular with that style of music. Didn't know the hell she was. It, they, whatever. It's like, it's like looking at pop music too. Britney yeah. Spears went through the same shit. Yeah. So did Keisha. Although, okay. So, so did, Britney Spears. Yeah. So did she sacrifice basically herself by shaving her head, going on a drunken rampage no. in order to no. obtain more? No, sacrificed her. They sacrificed. So Britney Spears was like a crazy case because it was more along the lines that she was being used for like her popularity. She was I mean, pup- she was a puppet. A talent. Have yeah. you watched the? Uh, was it Hulu or Netflix that has the uh, the Britney documentary out? It just like um, came out within the last couple months. It is. It is everybody on like. I feel when it comes to stuff like this, when NPR and fucking Wall Street Journal and New York Times start talking about like this kind of stuff, like. 
okay, this is like getting into the like mainstream area. And so there's this documentary on Britney Spears, like talking about her life and how like it was her dad or like, you know, there are like these things that are going on in her life that her her dad was like, ah, oh, time to control and shit. And, that, and that's this whole other thing. But Britney Spears did not, would not be that person that would be classified as selling or doing something uh, with the devil to become famous. It's exploitation clearly there from those close to her. Yeah. I mean, and it's not unheard of in the music industry. That's the biggest thing. You know, and, and, and there is a possibility of divine intervention. And I just, this morning when I was at work, I was listening to a 45 minute interview with Sammy Hagar. And Sammy Hagar was... Um, was it a safety mat? On his, <laughs> put your hands up like a safety. No, no, I just love Sammy Hagar. I'm oh, sorry. so so oh. Sam Hagar was on his first marriage. He had just he just had a daughter, or no, I don't know, if it was, just had a, a child anyway. And one of his friends says, "You should go talk to the to the psychic." And he goes, "I don't believe in that shit." And anyway, so they they had a couple of beers, and as a joke, they kind of went to go talk to this the psychic. And the psychic told him, he said, "You know." What I see in your future is you need to pack up. You need to move to San Francisco. He lived in Southern California somewhere. And uh, of course he did. And he says, you need to uh, to go there and somebody will immediately step up in your life that will change your life. And he goes, yeah, whatever. And uh, he said things weren't going his way and he, uh, where he was at. And, and him and David uh, Lazar, who is his drummer and has been for 30 years, he said to David, he said, well, I'm going to take my, my wife and kid and we're going to go to California. And David Lazar went with him and they went... To, to California and they slept on a, one of their friends out there on their living room floor for 30 days. Now he's got a, a, a wife that just gave birth and he got a brand new baby. They're all sleeping on the floor. And um, he went to a, um, a show and uh, ran into uh, Ronnie Montrose and uh, they ended up, uh, he had heard through the grapevine that Ronnie Montrose was looking for a singer so he got an address from somebody, went and knocked on his door and said, hey, I hear you're looking for a singer. And he had his guitar and his amp in his hand. And he goes, who in the hell are you? He goes, I'm Sammy Hagar. And he goes, well, I guess you can come in. And um, that first day he was in his house for 10 hours, um, they wrote, I think it was like six out of the uh, the first eight songs on the Montrose album that that skyrocketed Sammy Hagar into fame. And he goes, you know, I just see that as divine intervention. And that, that was... Uh, that was his take on it and stuff too. So, I mean, you, you, you've got both sides of the coin there where you got divine intervention. You've got, you got people selling their soul to the devil. So now could you divine, uh, divine, what did you say? Intervention, divine intervention, the cranberry singer, whatever her name was, Dolores, whatever. Could she have, I guess, died because there was nothing left for the cranberries. So a divine or she could happened. have, uh, been high on drugs and seen a vision that her time was over and it was time to pass the mantle divine and she sacrificed yeah to buy an invention to just whitney might have came to her you never know yeah i mean look what happened to whitney's daughter <laughs> same exact yes. thing i'm not going i'm not taking a bath again ever <laughs> i thought you were a cat licker you know yeah, yeah. Know. all right matt you have anything left on this uh no like that's that that's the whole thing um i do want to say i uh dolores i love her voice her and the cranberries throughout her yes. whole ex- experience like uh zombies linger great uh this is not like any hit piece to like tarnish her name or anything i just want to like clarify I- i'm a music lover i love music and so but i also enjoy these kind of like things and the fact that my wife and i we came up with this like just sitting down because we were watching jennifer's body and it dawned on me and we were talking about it afterwards and that's like how this whole conspiracy clicked that bad wolves might have been involved with her death and I figured it would be a fun thing to talk about with you. No, it's so a good thing. It's, it's a no good malicious thing that, intent uh, towards uh, Dolores. It's a good thing that we have this claim in the beginning because, you know, we, we don't mean to slander anybody or any band's name. We I mean, other than Sully, who hates Bad Wolves with a passion, apparently.
Bad Wolves. There you go. Um, <laughs> bad Wolves, I still love you. Contact you us. You can be on. <laughs> um, I, want, yeah, rest, I want Nickelback uh, to call, just, too. Just wanna, I just want to say rest in peace. Um, anybody who has died from being sacrificed and especially, you know, whatever her name was. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad so you're weird. not doing I the could, eulogy I could at the never, funeral. ever say her name. Dolores. Okay. What? What's your last name? It's Dolores. Dolores what? Dolores. Reardon. Okay, rest in peace, whatever they just said. Dolores Reardon. Yes, rest in peace. So now we got to go around the horn. So I'm going to start with Sully. What do you think? Yes, no, maybe, so. Thought. I think that there might have not been an area of where Bad Wolves was like, yeah, we're going to kill this person or something. Um, I think, I mean, with the drugs, I would say that she might have had a vision, which is very possible. So I'm going to say no. Uh with bad wolves but uh make better music please because you're making my penis nah, soft. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep making the same music it's pretty good uh jimmy your turn what do you think you know i i don't see bad wolves doing something like that to her but would this have been as popular as if she had not passed away if she actually would have done it if, if she would have done it with bad wolves and stuff would it have been as popular as it was because of her death, it brought more attention to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like when Elvis passed away, he made more money the year after he passed away. Same thing with Michael Jackson. Brings attention, makes people think. When Glenn Fry died from the Eagles, you know, the Eagles music went sky high. Glenn Fry had done a lot of solo work, uh, Smuggler's Blues and stuff that was on Miami Vice. And so, I mean, I think it, it, it brings to the forefront. I mean, you have all these beautiful bands in the back of your head um, that you, you've loved for your whole life, and then something happens and it brings it forward into your life. And you want to go, jeepers, I want to relive that. I want to, you know, relive that, relearn it and stuff. And then you go back and listen to it a hundred times. So, yeah, I don't think they did anything bad, but um, it definitely helped the song. I think that, that uh, unfortunately, she passed away. Yeah, as for me, uh, I, don't think, I don't think they did it. Me, nah. I like it way too much to say otherwise. I just think she, unfortunate accident, died. Um, rest in peace. Biased. Mm, excuse me. Very biased. Biased. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, no, in, in in reality, I mean, it's not that I it's not that I hate bad wolves. Bad wolves is fine. They they do what they do. That's great. You know, I just um, that's it. Is the popularity was just because of one song. I don't believe that they would be as far as they are without that one song. And didn't they donate a bunch? Definitely of, agree with you. I think they they donate a bunch of the money that they made on the uh, on yes the, on the song. Yeah, in in her name to so, yeah. mental health maybe or something like well, that. Well, they, they they donated the money to her family. I thought it was. I'm not sure. I'm sure out of yeah. Which kudos they, to them and everything. You know, that's great that they did that. But yeah. like I said, it, it's it's in the same area that it was unfortunate circumstances that happened that and they got popular from those circumstances. Can I blame them? No, I can't. But I also believe that. So in if you actually look in the yeah. uh, official Bad Wolves video uh, for Zombies, the official video, uh, in her memory, they made this release, the song, donating proceeds go to her children. So the money that yep. they obtained went to her children. So, you know, good on them. You know, don't keep the money from making re- remaking a song about someone who passed away. Uh, Matt, final question to you. What do you think? As much as as much as I love the idea of like Jennifer's body in real life, there is a lot of stuff. Like we don't know where the members of Bad Wolves were the time or were at 
during the time of Dolores' passing because she was in New York City. And actually, I think Bad Wolves is a Boston-based band. So I guess I, it's not too far. No, Los Angeles. My bad. Los Angeles. Way opposite size of the country. So we don't know where they are. I'm not in on it, but the thought of it was great. And I just love the conversation that came with this. I did not expect Robert Johnson to be coming up in this whole thing, but damn, this is good. You obviously don't listen to Deep Fried Conspiracies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, they go off on random tangents all the fucking time. Yeah, no shit. You and know, also, another thing. You also say the f bomb way too freaking much. Don't you yeah, dare! Way too I'm fucking don't much, you dare! I'm just gonna mention <laughs> all of you. I'm just gonna mention. Um, you know, unfortunately, I mean, we we know that that she had some depression issues and and whatnot. We don't yeah. know if that was part of her death or not and stuff. We should also say that too. Oh, go ahead. But um, anyway, uh, if you've never heard of a uh, bad flower, oh god, and 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 <laughs> listen to ghost. And you know that money has been distributed to uh, that. That money has been distributed to uh, the uh, suicide hotline, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have not listened to that, listen to that. If I'd, you get, if you guys do have mental problems, please seek some help. Yes, there is. There are ways. Yes, there are many ways. If you go down below, I will post. Uh, I will have the um, suicide number for the hotline. suicide prevention hotline. Please seek out some help. This is. This part isn't funny, you know. No. We 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 thoroughly we thoroughly want you guys obviously to stay alive because life is way too short to do something stupid like that. Every day is a good day above ground, people. Exactly. Uh reach it. With that And even call us with your stories and I'll answer them. Y- yes, That's right. Please call us. Uh or text us or email us or hit up on our Discord, which is all be in the show notes. Uh with that, uh thank you very much for listening to Deep Fried Conspiracies. Please Go listen to This Week in MTG with Matt Olson. Thank you very much for joining us, Matt. Anything left you want to say? Thank you for having me. Uh, if you if you don't play Magic, that's fine. You don't have to follow us. We, uh, we're, we're fine with that. If you play Magic, sure, come uh, come listen to us. Trent was on our uh, episode ago, uh, the last episode ago, two weeks ago. So yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you here, too. You can listen to his sultry voice uh, on there. My mic is and... terrible at that point. <laughs> uh, with, with that, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you all later. Bye, motherfuckers. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so.